is up, everybody? Happy Money Monday. As you can tell, I have my main man, Mr. Justin Shank, on the line with me. I'm going to say Justin on a track. Justin's <laughs> on the track. <laughs> I feel like a rap song every time I hear the music, like leaning into this. I know really like where it was. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope everyone is doing well out there. Everyone had a good weekend, Super Bowl Monday to you, and had some time to get yourself back to neutral, recharge the batteries. Today, we have a Really impactful, I guess, training, kind of leaning in discussion. And I couldn't pick a better person to have this discussion with. Today, we're going to try to cover within 30 minutes-ish how to be a great host and getting the most out of your interviews when you're interviewing your phenomenal guests out there. As we all know this, with when you're coming to podcasting, there's a lot of hosts out there that are doing it 100% wrong. When they're asking questions, maybe they'll send questions over and they'll go, I'm going to ask these questions. There's nothing worse to watch for me as someone that really understands the art of questioning and getting to the core and a root and a nucleus of someone's story and really shining a light on that. There's no other person I would probably want to have this discussion with. So, Justin, thank you so much for coming on today. And there's, so, I guess we can probably go and go and go and go into detail on this. There's so yeah. much to cover. But for the most part, I guess you would say, what is, what is the most pervasive issue when it comes to a host when they're trying to frame their questions with the right guest? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And, and there's a ton of stuff, like you said, we're going to try and get into in, in this short amount of time. Right. Um, it, it, and it's so tough because because obviously we want to start with like, what are what's kind of what are people doing wrong? Right. Just so people kind of kind of have a oh, light bulb moment of like, OK, I kind of do mm -hmm. that. Right. So first of all, when we say wrong. It's not meant to hurt feelings. It's not meant to say you're you're terrible. It's meant to say we can make some adjustments to get more out of your guests so you're serving your audience in a deeper, more impactful way. And that's really the purpose of podcasting at this point is one of two things, right? You want to make an impact or you're going to teach somebody how to do X's and O's. That's mm -hmm. really kind of the two tracks of podcasting. Um, I think one, one place I want to start out from is you have to bring yourself into the interview. Yeah. I've been on podcasts where I have a great... 10 minute conversation before the person hits record and we have a good time and we're, we're, we're riffing back and forth. And it's like this really good conversation. All of a sudden they hit record and they go, all righty. And all of a sudden they're Mr. Podcast right, guy. Yeah. And I'm like, what just happened to the guy or girl that I was just talking to before? Um, <laughs> and I think we have to get comfortable. And I think you can talk to this, Chris, too. It's like, we have to get comfortable with who we are and what our approach is. Like, I don't edit my show on purpose to mm -hmm. let people know that mistakes still happen 350 plus episodes in. Uh, and I am just myself. And I say really dumb stuff. Like, please go listen to some of the episodes where I'm like, <laughs> why did I do that? I don't even but know what we talked about in both of ours. I, I know I came on yours and you came on the win-win effect. And you can definitely tell there's a lot of us being 100% authentic and 100% real on the call and i guess you would say call or recording there's yeah. i mean because i think even we even alluded to a couple times like we've been on other shows and they'll ask us what is your three best books yeah like what is it i'm like i don't know like this week <laughs> that's really hard for me to answer i'm like well, what led you here why should we listen to you i'm like i don't know you invited me on the show like why would you ask me that question and you're pigeonholing yourself and that's yeah. one of the things why we wanted to start a community we did with Winject Studios was that we have a general love for the art of the game of podcasting, not just podcasting. It's just putting a label on it of mm -hmm. asking the right questions and getting to the core and the root of what really drives that individual. Because there's a lot of 
pivotal moments in their life where it could have been a crossroad for them to choose one path or choose the other path. And I think it comes with what, and just naturally what we are as individuals, we're both empaths. So we a hundred percent feel and we emerge ourselves in the other person's story, I guess you would say. And we feel what was going on in their frame of mind at that current time in their life for them to make that type of decision. And that's something that a lot of people don't really go into detail on. And I, I'm, I'm, like I said before, I'm conscious of the time because <laughs> there's so much we can go into <laughs> detail on just on that one topic. But what jumps out to you the most to kind of like maybe describe that to the people who are tuning in today? Yeah, there's a couple things that you said, like, right, like a lot of people and there's a lot of podcasters that do this and I and I get why, um, but they go, what's your favorite book or what are your favorite three books? And I actually made an Instagram story kind of as a, or an Instagram reel kind of as a joke about this, <laughs> like showing people my my favorite books. And they're, by the way, they weren't even my favorite books. They were just the first five that I grabbed. Um, but but the the question that I would ask myself as a podcast host is, why am I asking this question? Like, where does this lead? Where does this go? And what is, what's the point of it, right? Like if I just ask somebody, what's your favorite book? Well, what was, and they say three books you've never heard of, where are you going from there, right? So you have to almost set yourself up Mm -hmm. for what is next, right? And so when I look at my interviews that I do, I say, okay, I, I know where I want this conversation to go because I hope you did your research. I hope you know their story. And I kind of know where I want to take it. But then I look at myself as the director of that conversation to guide it to that point. And me asking what's your favorite book or a canned question that I ask everybody is not going to get me there. Right. And I have to feel what they're saying, why they're saying it uh, and truly pay attention. So like I I'm self-diagnosed ADD. Right. I was a terrible student because I can't pay attention to people. (laughs) So I immerse myself into the conversation uh, of active listening. I'm mm-hmm. listening for a purpose. And I think that's the part where people miss is they're just listening to get to the next question versus getting deeper into the questions. Does that make sense? No, it does make 100% sense to me. I mean, I just I was flipping back and forth through some notes that I have from previous interviews that I had just on my desk. And I just happened when you were talking and I was like, okay, I had that one. That was a really good one. That's, I mean, all like really good to me because I, not that I got ugly baby syndrome when it comes to my show. It's that I really have a genuine interest in the individual that I'm interviewing. So when I go to interview, like I won't say the person's name right now because the interview hasn't went live, but the person that I have on this piece of paper, there's seven bullet points of areas of opportunity for me to bring up it casually in the conversation that I wanted to know more of. And I only ticked off out of these seven, four of those. Mm -hmm. What does that say to you overall? Well, it means you were listening to what they were saying and you guided the conversation down deeper paths. Actually, really, really good example. Sean Mary, Merriman, uh, former NFL player. Yeah, he was guy. on one of my – yeah, I mean, him and I, we exchanged some emails. He hasn't come on the show yet, but he was on one of my friend's podcasts, and I and I love my friend. He's got a great show. Um, but Sean died, was telling his backstory, and he talked about mm-hmm. how his work ethic came from having a single mom who had to work six jobs and all these other things, and he was telling this part of the story – and he literally went from that part of the story to, wait, how do you get ready for an NFL game? <laughs> yeah, that, That's like, what I mean. Um, yeah. Katie Keurig was giving an interview one time and she was talking about the art of why she does what she does for a living. And there's nothing worse than listening to an interview and you have the interviewer ask the guest or ask the person or project or whatever you want to call them. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk about it, but they don't rebuttal on top of that rebuttal. And dig deeper. And that's what I mean by 
sometimes just framing the question and giving them options on how they should answer, not predetermining their answer, but just seeing where they end up talking about it the most and where their mind goes to. And mm -hmm. wherever their mind goes to, I know the drop an anchor on that if it's a positive emotion. And then I'll reframe back to that and reference to drop that anchor and to say, you, you mentioned in this question, you answered this way. What changed from your way of thinking on X, Y, Z? And they'll go, boop, and it opens them all the way up. Yeah. And I've watched you no. do this in a lot of your interviews. You don't really know the question you're going to ask. You'll start saying a bunch of things and you'll go, okay, there's the question there. From your, you're gauging the, the person and what they want to talk about and go, okay, they're comfortable not talking about this. We're going to hit this. And then they'll go, boop, yeah. and you'll walk, you'll open them all the way up just because they're, they're more comfortable now having a conversation because you did your homework. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that you talk about gauging that person. And I do, I, yeah. I feel out their body language and what are they comfortable talking about? Um, and you can watch them. Right. And so now everybody uses zoom. And so we're so used to video conferencing. I've been podcasting for five years. And so I actually started using video from day one when nobody else was. And the reason I did that is because I needed to see their body language. I needed mm -hmm. to pay attention to what, where they were comfortable, what they would lean into. And you watch your guests as like, as you're talking, their face lights up with certain questions. And I'm like, okay, cool. Headed down the right path. And I think sometimes we're so worried about pushing the wrong buttons mm -hmm. or offending them or saying the wrong thing or making them feel uncomfortable that we don't, we don't ask those questions. So we need to pay attention to that body language. Right. Well, paying attention. I mean, I come from, you know, the world of sales leaning into, you know, education, entrepreneurship, and there's, there's a lot of story there, but I think the most impactful conversations come from non-video to me because I'm a little bit more into their story and I'm paying attention to how they're going about answering the question, using their tonality, listening for what they're not telling me, sniffing out the, I guess you would say this, I used to call them Sunday school answers. You know, when you get mm -hmm. to Sunday school, like, oh, I really don't want to tell you this answer, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. I'm like, oh, you're yeah. full of shit. And then I'm going to keep <laughs> asking the right questions to get them to, you know, expand a little bit further. Um, I even go as far on prepping myself for my interviews when especially like Meltzer, you got Boger, all these bigger, you know, bigger names, when you, especially those who've been on a bunch of shows, it's difficult. So I always ask myself, how do I stand out in today mm -hmm. of the world of podcasting if someone's been on 50,000 shows? So I went at the biggest name on that platform on podcasting, Steve Sims. Steve Sims, if you don't know that name and you're in podcasting, there's a good chance you don't listen to that many podcasts. This guy has been on every podcast show in the probably last five years. When he came on to the win-win effect, I did my research. And when I did my research, I didn't do my research on all the things he wanted to talk about. I did my research on how he would go about answering questions from all other shows. Mm -hmm. So when I listened to, went on YouTube, typed in Steve Sims, what is it? The art of, was it blue fishing? His book. Yeah, blue fishing. Blue fishing. The way he would answer questions, I was paying attention to, the subtle drops that he would just happen to, you know, open up a little bit more about the host didn't really dive into like deep on that. No rebuttal. I was like, there's an area and opportunity there. If you listen to the show, I don't know if you listen to his episode, but if you listen to how I'm going about answering his questions or asking the questions, I'm rebuttaling and then I frame it. And I hope he even stopped me like halfway through 
Have you read the? This is bizarre. How did? You, how do you know this? Like I never read your book, but he goes, this is bizarre. Well, that opened him up to a whole different area of opportunity of questioning and getting the listeners something that he doesn't often speak about, and that's yeah. impactful. That's why that episode was one of the most downloaded for myself in a previous year. Yeah, actually a really good example, like the fact that you dove in and took the time to get to know him opens him up. He's like, wow, this guy's not just another podcaster, right? A really right. good example of this, if you if you watch YouTube at all, is that Hot One show uh, like where they eat the hot wings as they get hotter and hotter and he interviews celebrities. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because those celebrities, 90% of the time will go, whoa, how do you know that? Whoa, mm -hmm. how did you how did you do this? And like literally, it's the host that does the the homework. I actually knew a guy who worked on the show, like on the production back end. The host actually does all the homework himself, so he mm -hmm. gets to know them on a deeper level. He gets to know things that nobody else knows, and he does it twofold: one to earn their trust, but two to go in a di direction that's never been done before. I love we that you said that. I love that you said just just to touch on that, just real quick. I love that you said that the host did the homework himself because you know you've been on all these other shows. And you have teams that do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That is probably the most impactful, I guess, little info drop for someone that's going to do some homework. The host or the person that asks the questions needs to do the homework themselves. I love you said that. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and it's true because uh, it gives you a different feel. Like you kind of know what you want. Your mm -hmm. team might not. Like your team will be like, okay, cool. He talked about this on a podcast. That's what he'll talk about on this podcast. But here's the thing. People now, you talk about Steve Sims being on every single show. He's been on mine. I think he's like the number three or four most downloaded episode. <laughs> but, you know, it, he's been on every single podcast. Okay, well, then why would I listen to him on Growth Now Movement or the win-win effect? Well, I know those hosts get different things out of their guests. So those are the episodes I want to listen to. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, it's literally the same story verbatim through and through, right? And I've had people come on my show, and they've tried as a guest to give me the same thing they gave everybody. And it was my job to go, nope. We're going over here. Let's talk about that, right? right. And that's why Ed Milet cried on my show because mm -hmm. I take them into new directions they've never done before. And so that's the way a podcast host, in my opinion, has to think is like, how can I deliver something unique with this guest? Whether it's a no-name individual who is just starting out or somebody who has millions and billions of followers that I really want to, you know, I really want to make an impact with this person, if that makes sense. One of the things that... In the industry where I come from, I would always look at the end result of the customer's experience or the buyer's experience during that process with myself. Mm -hmm. And I would always ask them towards the end, you know, how would you rate your experience? Is there anything else I can do differently that maybe would reach a larger audience or maybe make your experience a little bit more easier for you? And then also a little bit more challenge for you to get the most from it. But one thing that is kind of difficult in podcasting to ask those questions. But the one way that how I kind of gauge how well I did on the interview is how well that person promotes the show after. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, <laughs> the people that I have onto the show, it makes me so happy and so fulfilled to watch how they promote that show. They'll go this episode and they'll, they'll do it themselves. That yeah. means the world to me on how they felt during that interview. You know, they felt that they were open to having a discussion and ask a lot of probing questions. They didn't really reach. I didn't try to make them feel a certain way and predetermine some answers. I let them have a good time and they'll go, I have no idea what we just talked about today, Chris, but it was so much fun. Thank you so much. 
that means yeah. the world to me. And I'm, I know you feel the same way when you have your guests. Yeah. And it's, it's a hundred percent true. Like, uh, you know, I'm interviewing individuals that I, I want in my life. Like I want to build mm-hmm. relationships with them, whether it's a partnership, whether it's a friendship, whether it's camaraderie in some way, shape or form, like you see the people behind me on my wall, like I'm friends with the majority of these people that I can literally just reach out and be like, Hey, what's up. And, and the reason I, I do that is because I take the time to get to know them. I give them my time. I pay attention. I dive in. Uh, and, and I mean, and, and I know you've been on these podcasts. I've been on these podcasts where they mail it in, right? Like they're just like, okay, uh, another podcast, another interview. And they'll literally just check the boxes. And, and then it's funny. And, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And I'm sure you could talk to this too. As a guest, you feel like you need to like, okay, you One this up, isn't very yeah, good. Yeah. So I need to like yeah. over deliver and over pour in. Like, <laughs> I'm going to save your show for you. Okay. Stand by. Yeah. Dude, it, and, and it happens. Right. And so mm-hmm. these individuals now with podcasting being what it is and as popular as it is and people doing, I mean, Brian Bogert, has done 150 plus shows, if not more than that. He's doing like 20 a week. I'm like, first of all, how do you even find the time? But, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's okay, cool. How do I stand out? So he shares it out. How did mm-hmm. I get Ed Milet to email it out to his email list of a million people? Yeah. Like these are the things we have. And I did, by the way, which is still mind blowing to me to this day. Um, but it's really about diving in and, and being unique and bringing, like I said in the beginning, bringing yourself to the conversation. Like, Chris, you're unapologetically yourself, and that's a huge strength that a lot of people don't have. So my question, I actually have a question for you. Like, was there ever a discomfort level for you in this process? And then what are, if not, or if, what are some things, you know, hosts can do to get more comfortable as they build that confidence? Because I think a lot of it, a, a lot of times it's a confidence issue. The only uncomfortable, and I, I love the question, by the way, um, I, the only time that I was ever uncomfortable is that they didn't do their research. And I know that for sure they didn't do any research about me and they'd ask a dumbass question. So, yeah. and, and what I mean by dumb question, there's never really a dumb question. It's just the way they went about asking the question. And I was like, well, damn, if they would have just did a little research, then they would have already understood that I've covered that on a lot of other shows. I'm like, hey, I appreciate and I'm never going to be the person that's going to shit on them. Not That's not my way. I'm always going to, how can I elevate you to elevate others and elevate your audience? So I would say, that's a good question, but here's how I would go about asking that question the next time you have a guest and here's why. And then I re-explain and then reframe that whole question for them to get to what they needed and what they're actually looking for. Cause I can use my emotional intelligence. How, and just to answer the second part of that question, the, maybe some tips on a person that wanted to be a guest on a show. What I would do is I would listen to probably maybe five to seven episodes, pick out the ones that you jump out to the most, maybe some of the most recent, and figure out where they currently are and what they like to talk about and what are some of the rebuttal questions they tend to ask guests. So that way you don't get really caught off guard when you ask you know answer a question and then go, I don't know where they're going to go to. Um, person that came onto the show, Jerome Myers, and people understand Jerome, he's part of the Winject series as well, his um, show Dreamcatchers, um, and I'm going to be at one of his uh, virtual events. I love it. Love that guy. What he did and kind of like stroked my ego a little bit when he came onto the show, hey, I listened to the last like 10 episodes of yours, and he gave me specifics, so I knew mm-hmm. for sure he listened to them then that was his way of stroking the ego. And obviously that's something that we can talk about. You, That's how he was able to get the most out of me of asking him the right questions. 
It's kind of like forcing me to level up. So if you're a host, I would say doing your homework is one. You need to do your homework. Just do your homework and just be a, have a genuine interest in that person or project and say from before you hit record to say, Justin, what are some things that you want me to bring up for sure? I'll make sure that I do it. And also what are some things that are off limits? I always ask those two questions. What are some things that are off limits that you don't want to talk about? And I'll make sure I stay away from that. They appreciate that the most. It's funny. I'm glad you said that because I always do say, where do you want to go? And and I'll tell you why I asked this one. Where do you definitely want to get to? Like, what are you promoting? Yeah. What is it you want to talk about? I'll make sure we get there. Because what that does is it literally drops the cur- the, the veil for them or the wall that they have mm-hmm. out to go. I need to get there. So I'm going to talk about that constantly. So it relaxes them, right? Mm-hmm. I actually used to ask the question, what's off limits? And I stopped. And here's why. I actually had uh, Jarek Robbins on my podcast, who's Tony Robbins' son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, what's off limits? And he goes, uh, my dad. And this was back when I used to write down questions and I don't do that anymore. I'm more conversational now, but I used to write down these questions and I was like, oh shit, there goes five of my, <laughs> there goes five <laughs> of my questions. And so I looked at that and I said, okay, well he, by the way, he ended up telling a very emotional story about him and his dad, uh, and how they, how they were raised and like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I still made him comfortable enough that he went there on his own, but I went, if I handle these conversations properly in any way, I can get them to go there. And then that right. way I'm not. It's all about probing. I love you just said that. I love you just yeah. said that. You said that I don't want to talk about X, Y, Z. And then what you did is you just probed around it and see where, depending on your comfortability with the the conversation, they'll go there on their own. Yeah. If you got to just got to lead them and create the opportunity for them to feel safe during that time to share more. And I, I love that you just touched on that because it's all about probing around that area of opportunity where even if they don't, they alluded to the fact they don't want to have a conversation about, we'll touch on some things that are connected to that and just see, see if they'll go with it. And if, if there's a hard no, you'll feel it. Yeah, you'll definitely feel, I mean, you'll, you'll feel it. I've had some hard no's on, on when I was interviewing <laughs> people and I was like, all right, moving on. So, so next, but. <laughs> But you know, it's, it's funny, like over the, I mean, obviously when I look at what I've done over the last five years, I didn't, I mean, obviously you were very, very successful in sales. And so you're comfortable having the uncomfortable conversation at times. I was not like before podcasting, I was kind of shy. I had dreams of being not shy, but I was, I was kind of shy. I was worried. I was always worried about rubbing people the wrong way. And so I think that it is a skill that can be learned, which is why I love what we're doing with Winject Studios, mm-hmm. which is where we do deep dives with the members of the, the studio of the, the network. Um, how to do it. Like, how do we build this skill, this craft? Because it can be learned. Like you can be the shyest kid on the planet, the shyest little girl, the shyest little boy. And we can literally teach you the things and the skills that you can build on to then become the best podcast question asker in the world, the best podcaster in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love what we're building with Winject Studios, because we're, we're literally creating a massive impact by giving people the skills they need to get to the next level. What are some things, if I was a, say for instance, a brand new podcaster, okay, what are some things that you would kind of shine a light on for me to be a little bit more aware of when I decided to bring on guests and to ask questions? Yeah, I think the main thing is, is to not be the copy and paste podcast question asker, right? Because like when I, when I first started interviewing people, I would listen to full length episodes that they've been on other podcasts and all these other things. And I literally ended up being like, oh, I liked that. I like that answer. So I'm just going to take that question. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I ended up doing now, and, and I obviously I, I do my own research, I do the deep dives, but I will only listen to, I'll literally randomly pick like the 22 minute mark and I'll listen yeah. to a three to five minutes of like, okay, cool. Let me get a feel for their cadence. Let me get a feel for their emotion. Um, cause I already know the backstory. I read it, right? Like I know the points that I want to get to. Um, so I, I, I kind of do research in a different way now. And I think that that's a big takeaway for people is like, especially when you first start out, you're worried about filling the time. You're always worried about, can I fill the 30 minutes, the hour, the two mm-hmm. hours, however long your episodes are. Um, and so you do too much research. And so I would say take snippets and then make it your own. I think that's going to be the best tip that I can give somebody starting out is being like, stop worrying about how Joe Rogan's asking the questions or John Lee Dumas or whoever and ask him in your own way. Right. Do you pay attention to some of their posts on social media and the things they like to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I'll do, I'll do hot topics, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. what, what are they in now? Like, what is their big talking point now? What is all the thing? And I'll also be sensitive to, things that are happening in the world, like what's timely, right? Like I've done the COVID episode. I did the Black Lives Matter episode, um, mm-hmm. which was phenomenal, by the way, a guy named John Lee Iverson, who was uh, the, la- the the first black ringmaster for Barnum and Bailey's uh, circus and also the last ringmaster period before they went out. And so he's got a phenomenal story, but we talked about what was hot right then, right? Which was Black Lives Matter and a very important topic to talk about, which, which the world still needs to hear, by the way. Um, but with that being said, I think always know what it is they're masterful at what is exciting for them at this moment right so like there might be somebody who usually talks about how do i become a millionaire but all of a sudden over the last three months they're talking about leadership yeah that's where they want to talk about now they're not trying to talk about the million dollars they're trying to talk about leadership yeah even i even hear sometimes in episodes of me doing my homework and me kind of prepping myself I'll hear the person ask the question and then they don't listen really truly for the response all the way and knowing the intention behind why they just said what they said and they cut them off and they drop themselves into the story. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, I'm like, that was a huge area of opportunity. And it was actually a really good host that did that. And I was waiting. I almost, I waited a little bit longer in the interview just to see if he would come back to that. And they never did. And that was, I was like, oh, I'm going to write that one down because I know for sure that it, he should have asked that what, when, why, how question. And that's just a diagnostic question. For those who are probably listening to this right now, I'm going to go, okay, it's easy for these two guys to say. They got a lot of skin in the game and they've done this. All right, great. But ask yourself this, these set of questions. And everything that your guests are saying, ask the what, when, why, how question. The why question, it comes with a tie down. That's the most offensive question you can ever ask someone is why. So when you hit the why question, you don't know where they're going to go with the answer. I ask questions that are pretty much rhetorical. And and here's the reason why. I can lead that question to a lot of areas of opportunity for them and us and the guests. So when I'm asking the who, what, when, why, the why is always at the end Mm. to say, why do you feel that you went down that road and put yourself in that situation? If I felt out the rest of those questions and the diagnostic ones to where I know I'm going to spark a, a positive response. That's what the show is all about for myself. The win-win effect is adopting the winning mentality. I can't have negative shit on the show, right? So yeah. the negative stuff is how to overcome the negative and lean into the adversity. But would you say that that would be a good way for someone to start that maybe isn't conscious of, the way that they would normally ask questions, but looking for the right response to reframe and put it back onto them. Yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, I actually, lo- I didn't know you did that. 
Um, and I love <laughs> that. Like that's, that's super smart because I do do that a lot. Uh, sub, uh, subconsciously, I've been doing that for a long time as far as like, I, okay, I know how I'm setting things up because I've heard them say it a certain way. And I'm like, I know if I say this, they're going to say this. I know if I say this, they're going to say this. And then what it's doing is getting me to a point where I can then break through that barrier of, Hey, look, I never heard you say this. Like, what is it about this that's thing good. Over here? Right. Love that question. Yeah. And so I think that that's huge. And, and by the way, you talk about us having skin in the game. We're about to wrap up here, but you talk about us having skin in the game. I just want to share a really brief uh, example of that doesn't always mean you're going to knock it out of the park. Like we all still make mistakes. This actually, this wonderful woman down here, Gretchen Rubin, who is a multiple time New York times, bestselling author came on my podcast. Um, and I, the whole time I talked about the only book that I knew of hers, which was four <laughs> books ago, yeah. uh, which was called happier. Right. And so that was literally the conversation. She was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. And if you go and listen to that episode, which again, huge heart, great woman. I was honored to have her on my show. Um, but you could feel the discomfort of her being like, this was my stuff six years ago, bro. Like, why are yeah. we talking about this? And so that kind of ties back to why mm. now I dive into, okay, what are they talking about now? Mm -hmm. Not what I know them for. Uh, and I think that that's super important. So yeah, we can still, we still make mistakes. I'm still not perfect. Yeah. Um, you pigeonhole so yourself. I mean, I even, okay. And I, and I kind of give some advice to people that maybe want to hold yourself accountable and you want to take the next leap and start critiquing some of your interviews, that's difficult. And that was one of the mm -hmm. biggest moves that I did for myself when I wanted to reach a certain level of success in sales. I started listening. I hate the sound of my voice. I'm not listening to that for me. I'm listening for them. How can I increase their overall experience of working with me during that time? When I'm listening to interviews, I was a crazy guy walking inside of Starbucks and going, shit. And they'll be like, what is wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Sorry. It was a question that I didn't ask because I was maybe uncomfortable to ask that question. It comes with mindset. I had to, you know, adopting that, the, not just a winning mentality, but an abundance lifestyle. So in order for me to ensure that I'm going to bring the heat on every conversation, I need to level up myself. Yeah. So you can ask any question you want to ask people. Doesn't mean they're inclined to answer that damn question. You got to make their experience. You have to make them feel comfortable answering the question, not the way that you want to answer it. But I love about asking the diagnostic questions just to sprinkle a little, put a little cherry on top for somebody listening to this. When you ask the who, what, when, why, how questions and going into that, that sprinkling in a why, if you frame them and you lead the right, lead them in the right direction, what you have on your piece of paper, what you want to get them to talk about. They'll go, Chris, now that we talked about it, I have something shared. Can I share this? And then they yeah. go nuts. And I'm like, ha ha, you knew where I was leaving you. Yeah. And like that's expert level to me. When I'm like, I hear someone say that to me, I go. And that makes me, that makes everything else worth it when I'm preparing myself for that interview. Yeah. And two, like when you have a guest that says, yeah, I, I do want to go there. But before we go there. Pay attention to that too. Like, where did, what did you miss? Like, what, mm -hmm. what are the things that you're missing? But I, I love that tip, man. And, and like I said, any podcasters that are watching this that aren't part of the Winjack Studios yet, um, go to winjack.com, right? It's winjack.com. Yeah. They go click, there's a button about halfway down the page, click on it. You'll get on the waiting list um, and to become part of this network that we're building up so you guys can level up. And look, we're not saying you're a bad host. 
Uh, what we're saying is we can always get better, including myself, including Chris, including all the yeah. other podcasters that are part of the network. Keep honing that craft. So please, as you see on the bottom, um, winject.com, sign up, join us because uh, we're here to take every single per person who has a podcast to the next level. And I'm really excited about what we're going to dive into during the Q&A sessions that we're doing with mm -hmm. the community and everything like that. But this has been phenomenal, Chris. Thank you so much for, for doing this and putting this together. Man, you as what well, make I couldn't pick a better person to have this kind of in-depth conversation Same. about. And just, just for everybody else understanding this, when we mentioned the word network and joining us, we're not joining. It's a community first. Community is what is going to take to really fine tune our abilities to becoming great at what we do. There's a lot of podcasts out there. How do you stand out? Becoming the host that actually puts in the work and really has a game plan on what they're trying to accomplish. Getting to the outcome and then reverse engineering it and putting yourself back into that conversation. So for those who are wanting to learn more information, it's a reason why we do have a wait list there. The supply and demand with our first 50 shows came on board our community. Then we're now focusing on collaboration with those 50, first 50 shows. Then we can build the network and making collective impact. So just to kind of clarify, I know that probably some questions will be sent in from that. But other than that, guys, all you have to do is just kind of take a step forward and then reevaluate some of the things that happened during that step. You can't just take a step and go, okay, I want to have a great show. Well, listen, <laughs> listen to what you're asking them and how you frame your questions. So other than that, Justin, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Yeah, man, thank you. This was fun. All right, Caleb, hit the music. Cut this off. It's a wrap. This podcast is part of the Winject Studios Network, where podcasters come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how to apply to join the network, go to www.winject.com. That's W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com. If you're ready to make a difference through podcasting, then we're ready to see you there.